I just thought if I don't do it now, I'm going to get to 70. I'm going to regret it. So I thought, you know what? The worst thing that will happen is I do this for a few months. If I hate it, I go back to a normal nine to five. And I just thought, you know what? Let's go for it. Are you searching for your ideal career, fed up of your daily grind, or simply want to hear some inspiring stories? Then you've come to the right place because it's time to do a job you love. It's time to get work savvy. Welcome to episode 11 of the Get Work Savvy podcast, the show that gives you tips, tricks and advice on how you can find a way to get paid for your passion. If you find yourself wondering how you can escape your day job that you're not really inspired by or you're just thinking about what career path to choose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I hope that you're well and I'm so glad that you've joined me for another episode. For those of you who are new, then hi, my name's Liam. I created this podcast because it took me over 10 years to find a job that I can truly say I love. But I don't think it should take you that long. If you want more about my motivations for why I started this project, then why not check out the introduction episode that you can find in your podcast player of choice. But equally, I understand that this podcast is also for people who are looking for motivation or if you're simply interested in what others consider their dream job to be. If you've listened to this show before, then you know that this show focuses on different professionals each week. And my, what a range of different professions we've had already. We've spoke to a biomedical scientist, a pilot, an air traffic controller, an animator, and also an app developer. So you can see the broad range of different careers that we're trying to reach. But as we've got such a diverse range of episodes, it's important to understand that each guest has something that you can take away in your search for a job that you can truly say you love. As well as getting that motivation, because motivation is a great thing, it's equally important to understand that we need to take action in order for you to start down your journey. So to help you do that, be sure to listen in to the end of each show where I summarise the key points that you can take away and use to pursue what your passion is. If you find this show interesting and you know someone who's going to benefit from listening, then please share it in any way you can. Equally, I'd love it if you were able to rate and review the show in the podcast player of your choice. But let's dive into this week's show. This week, we talked to John about the world of e-learning. Like so many of us when we were young, John was really unsure of what career path to take. And like so many of us, he decided to go down the route where he thought money would bring him happiness. Now, I'll let John tell his story because it's absolutely fascinating. And oh my gosh, John has got such an inspiring story. But one tip I would say to you is don't let money be the overriding factor of when you're choosing a career. Because you're going to have to do your career for 30, 40 Who knows how long the age of retirement will go up by the time you get to that stage. So really try and choose something that you enjoy, because if you enjoy what you do, as the cliche goes, you'll never really work a day in your life. So without further delay, let's dive into this week's episode. And don't forget to listen in to the end to get those key takeaways. So hi to John and welcome to the Get Work Savvy podcast. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing really good. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. So absolute pleasure. Now, for those of you who might not have heard of what it is that you do, could you give just a brief little introduction to yourself and explain what it is that you do? Yeah, sure thing. So I run a e-learning company. So my main kind of focus is creating immersive development solutions that are getting people away from the boring e-learning that a lot of people know. So really trying to give it a good rep. Excellent. So When you talk about e-learning, for those people who are a bit unsure of what that is, could you just explain that a little bit further? Yeah, sure thing. In its simplest form, most people think about it as your health and safety training online, but uh, this kind of develops into watching YouTube videos, being able to access 
useful information on your phone, virtual reality, augmented reality, in order to bring learning experiences to life and taking them away from being just text and pictures to being really just fantastic experiences that are memorable and actually stuff that you want to learn about. Fantastic. That's a great summary. For those listening, this is the kind of industry that I'm working in and and that's a, a brilliant way of describing it. So I might have to pinch that one from you, John. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. Am I right in saying that this wasn't necessarily something that you dreamt of doing when you were at school? What did you want to do when you were asked when you were younger? So when I was in primary school, I wanted to be a wrestler, awesome. but that didn't really pay off. Then I got into high school and college and uni, and I very much had a focus on business and banking because I thought that's where the money was. And I thought money was the happiness. So I you know, took a university degree in business studies, got that from University of Huddersfield. And yeah, then started looking for work. And unfortunately, I found out that if you've got a very broad business degree, it doesn't really get your job anywhere. So I was doing temping jobs. I worked in banking in contact centers for a little bit. And then randomly, my sister, she travels all around the world teaching. And she told me that she got me an interview to work at a school in Japan, just really randomly, as a degree and a passport. So I went for my interview, thought I'd mucked it up. Then a few months later, I got a pack saying, congratulations, you're moving to Yokohama. So wow, moved, moved out to Japan. I'd never read Japanese. I couldn't speak any Japanese. So that was massive culture shock. And uh, I was working out there. And then whilst we were out there, there was all these reports that the school was being sued by the government because they'd been selling faulty student packages. So then we were having all these kinds of hearsay and Chinese whispers and then we started getting our wages delayed and then not paid and then it got to the point where the school closed down and this wasn't one school this was the biggest well like English provider in the whole of Japan and it just closed so we didn't have any money we got kicked out of our apartments so I had to return back which was quite an interesting experience and I was uh, living on my parents sofa which was probably one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had then back to temp work, working at a bank, started finding my voice there, started moving into face-to-face training. And then I started looking into presentations and I started watching Steve Job presentations. And I just started seeing how it was so much more than just static images and text, that there was you know, movement, animation on the page. And so that started my love for e-learning. And thankfully, I got the chance to start being involved in e-learning within the bank and just really kind of in my spare time looking at authoring tools, methods. Then I managed to get a full-time job at another company doing e-learning. Once again, building my craft, understanding what it is that I was making. And then three and a half years ago, Virtual College, who are one of the biggest and one of the best e-learning providers. And I managed to gain promotion after promotion so starting out just as a regular instructional designer so e-learning developer moving all the way through to instructional design manager yeah it was just really kind of having that love for creating the e-learning that I'd want to receive as a learner and just working with some fantastic people both in the office but also customers and just really having a love for it and I've been really quite thankful with having this as my career and I've somehow some way managed to get awards for what I do and yeah it's just something that I really love so it's been a long long winding road but 
it's now something that I absolutely love. And then two months ago, I took the plunge and started my own business doing e-learning. Fantastic. So you mentioned it briefly there. And firstly, I can relate to qualifying with a degree that was really broad. I did um, computer information systems with a little bit of digital special effects. And the way I sold it going in was, oh, you'll know a little bit of everything. So people want a really broad background and knowledge but that wasn't necessarily the case yeah they wanted a, a specialist in a particular area so I definitely relate to that and know how difficult it is coming out there wow that experience with Japan must have been a bit unsettling as well yeah it's you know you've got culture shock going on at the same time whereby because you can't speak and you can't read Japanese you are blind to the world you're deaf to the world and it just it absolutely throws you even though it was such a chaotic time you know it was just beautiful so i think it's one of those things that it's definitely a learning curve yeah and something that you can kind of think back and use to better yourself but with the actual learning you said that you saw the steve jobs presentation and you got into the training element when you're designing resources how do you put yourself in somebody else's shoes what kind of things do you have to think about i think about who is the learner how are they actually going to participate with this learning so things i have to think about is the devices that they're going to be using but also the environment so are they going to be doing this during their lunch hour are they going to do this on the commute are they going to have dedicated time also thinking about the business that they're working with are they going to want to invest that time because they have to or because they want to and so also thinking about how are you going to access in the long run so not just thinking about a silver bullet piece of learning to cure everything but having this main element and then what are the other elements that you're going to have a week later a month later a year later to make sure that this information does stick so i think kind of really big but also take a really holistic approach to making sure that i try and figure out where are they coming from and what do they want as somebody who myself who really would rather listen to something or watch a video compared to to read that's where i came for it in in that point of view and and i think it's fantastic how you describe that for the listeners who are a bit unsure it's not just those pieces of e-learning that they see with the health and safety where they have to guess the right answer so many times until they get it right it's things like youtube videos and things that people don't look at and trying to make that real difference so yeah, we're definitely on the same hymn sheet with that one, John. Good. What was your inspiration to to go it alone and, and try and make a success of your own personal organization? I think it's, I very much have the mindset that I'm going to die. And it's just kind of remembering that and that there's no point in complaining or putting stuff off because when you're gone, you're gone. And I'm in a really fortunate position that I have the skills in order to be able to do this. I have the know-how. I have the loving support of a fantastic wife behind me who I don't think I'd be where I am without her. And I just thought if I don't do it now, I'm going to get to 70. I'm going to regret it. So I thought, you know what? The worst thing that will happen is I do this for a few months. If I hate it, I go back to a normal nine to five. And I just thought, you know what, let's go for it. And it's just, I've always had that real spirit of entrepreneurship inside of me and wanted to give it a good old go. And just the most amazing response came from, I did a vlog when I actually announced that I was leaving my previous employer and I was going alone and 10,000 people viewed my vlog. And I just really thought, how the hell did 10,000 views happen for, for me? But it's amazing how many people were sending me messages saying, look, that's inspired me to follow my journey. That's inspired me to 
further myself, better myself. And I just thought it was a wonderful, wonderful thing to happen, that it was not only something that I wanted to do, but it spurred other people on. It doesn't come without its headaches, especially the accounting side, which (laughs) is still absolute gibberish to me. But um, yeah, I just think it's about being accountable, really being accountable to yourself and just pushing yourself. Yeah, I'm just really pleased with the next step. It's just one of those things. I don't know what the next step will bring, but I'm just really excited. Fantastic. That's a message that some of our guests have actually mirrored as well, that you are going to die one day and people don't necessarily realize that. And from my experience, when I was working in a supermarket and the people were great, but unless I actually changed what I was doing, I could have easily spent 10, 20 years doing that. And the time would pass you by. And then like you say, you get to 70 and wonder what if and, and have those regrets. Thank you for that. That's a fantastic insight. So. What would you say your proudest moment so far in the e-learning industry has been? Or just generally, what would you put on that question? I think in terms of proudest moments, I've got to say in February this year, winning Learning Professional Year Bronze Award at the LPI's Learning Awards. Just because I, for a long time, I never realized that I was in that kind of higher limit. I was just somebody who was doing something that they loved. You know, it kept on being told that I was pretty good at it. But then to be recognized, you know, on that kind of platform against some absolutely incredible competition, some of the names are people that I look up to. The previous year, I'd been nominated for two awards and I didn't place. And it drove me. It was the fire within me. made me bigger and more interested in helping others and developing myself and doing more. Yeah, it was just such an incredible thing. And it was bronze, third place. It's the second best loser. But to me, it was something fantastic. And it's something that I really, really hold dear. I think it's a a phenomenal achievement. And like you say, you often get told you're doing a good job. You never really can tell what weight that's really got. Yes, you might be doing a good job and your manager's giving you praise and, and other people who are seeing and valuing your work. But to be held up against your peers like that, like you say, against other great competition kind of makes you think, yeah, I'm doing something right here. And even though it was bronze, I know some people might look down the nose a bit yeah. at it, but think it as an Olympic medal. Not many people have got those and you were good enough to get third in that particular year. So no, fantastic. How do you get nominated for something like that? Do you have to put yourself forward or is it your peers that make that nomination for you? Um, So you can put yourself forward. I was in quite a lucky position whereby I was with Virtual College and they were putting me forward and they had a fantastic lady that came through called Eleanor Snare. She is fantastic at making you sound wonderful. So we had to sit down and we talked through what have been my highlights, my process, how I help people. And the biggest difference that was actually shown was it wasn't just the work that I was doing in virtual college. It was what I was doing outside of work. So I'm mentor to seven people globally. I'm a director of the e-learning network, which is one of the biggest not-for-profits in the industry so that has 4,000 members and associates that it helps out and I have a website that gives free resources so I actually pay so that people can have things for free and that's not out of I'm doing this to gain something it is I'm just giving and I just think you know that was just me wholeheartedly and I was just so thankful that that part was recognized. Awesome and it's those above and beyond bits that I guess really shoe the the panel who were doing the judging and, and the people who nominated you that 
you're not just in it for a paycheck, you're in it because you really love it. Something that I've mentioned on here before is pay it forward. And, and I'm a big believer in that. If, if you've got the ability to try and share your knowledge with somebody else, it really does work by sharing your thoughts, ideas, and a great idea having a website with free resources and things like that. You're not asking anyone for anything, but you're just trying to help someone out. And even if it only helps 10 people or 20 people, you've then done your bit. So yeah, I know I'm, I'm a big fan of that, John. And I must admit, I've looked at the e-learning networks stuff and I just haven't got around to joining yet. So I'll have to uh, hurry up and, and join that one. Thankfully, it's just £29 for the year. It's really quite affordable. That's really reasonable, yeah. We try and give as much value as possible. And so do I. I, you know, I hosted a, well, I would say host. I turned up and I helped because we had a fantastic member who put it on. And uh, we had a fantastic uh, host as well. And we just had a social. So we had about 20 people come through from different parts of the industry. And it's just talking over sausage rolls. And it was just great talking to people at the beginning of their career. And I know how hard it was trying to find your North Star and really move on. And um, just trying to G up and get people going and do push people a little bit just in a loving way in order to just be accountable for yourself. There was one gentleman and he was saying, look, I really want to do this. And I just said, look, then you've got to go full on. You've got to do this as a vlog and you've got to have it as your story and just be really open and honest and just say to people, look, I would love your help. If you can help, please provide what helped you. Where did you go? Who did you see? Document that and let people see how you're progressing. Be human. And I think that's something that we are really showing a lot of these days is us being human. And I think that's one of the best things. That's fantastic advice. That's quite broad as well, isn't it? So it's not necessarily just for e-learning professionals. If you've got that passion and you're able to show it over the weeks and months and the dedication that you're putting in on the improvements that you make as well, because remember the first things that I created, it's almost embarrassing looking back on them. Oh, so is mine. So is mine. I, I would slap myself around the head if I could. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And, and people are, even with video, I've posted a few videos on LinkedIn and sharing some of my thoughts. And some of my colleagues have been like, that's really brilliant. And I've said, well, where's your video then? And they're like, no, 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 you're so good at it. And it's like, no, that's not the point. If you do it slowly, 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 you make those little minute improvements and then it becomes more comfortable and then you just build on your skills, knowledge. And I think that if you've got then bank of resources to show somebody your journey, then you're going to be found and you're going to be successful in what you do. So, so yeah, I totally agree with that. Great stuff. In, in regards to e-learning then, would you recommend any certain qualifications, any tools or, or any skills that people would need to have to get into this line of work? To get into the line of work, I think creativity is absolutely key. I think also having the desire to go out there and take inspiration from anything. So take inspiration from PowerPoints, from advertisements, from video games, from websites, and really wanting to understand how you can recreate those with your authoring tool. Now, finding your authoring tool of choice is the gateway. And it's about trying to find out what suits your style. So I'm very much towards articulate just because it resonates with my way in which I work, the way in which I think. And, you know, I've managed to create some absolutely fantastic stuff. Some people use Captivate. There's Elucidat. There's, you know, so many out there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just really opening yourself up and see which one works for you. Because the fact is, those are your oxygen to what you're going to create. So understand them, become fantastic at them, deep dive, get really into those. But then I think in terms of qualifications, I'm, this might be a bit controversial, but I'm quite against 
having a qualification in e-learning. I know people who've got university qualifications in e-learning and digital learning. And the thing is, it's just theory. They're coming out and they're not producing the right level of content. And then they're feeling disheartened that they've not been able to get a job as an instructional designer or that they're at a very low instructional designer job, even though they're taking this degree. So I think the thing would be learn which tools suit you Go out and find great examples of e-learning. There's great stuff on Articulate's website. This is actually why I created my website so that you can find that stuff quick and easy so that you don't spend hours looking for it. But I think really understand those and then reach out to people. So whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's the Articulate Heroes, whether it is other forums, um, TLDcast, L&D Cowork, talk to people. You know, go to the e-learning network, ask for a mentor and get somebody with that knowledge that can help you. And yeah, just really go from there and then create your stuff, learn to love it. And um, yeah, hopefully you end up in a career that you absolutely love. Fantastic. And again, I mirror exactly what you say there. It's finding what works for you. There's always going to be different versions of a tool that you can find you think if a tradesman was looking for a drill they went into (laughs) into a hardware store they're going to find about several different options that they could go for but it's finding something that you know and you like and mastering that particular tool And, and a tip that i've got if anyone is interested in creating these kind of resources is use the free trials and test it out because you're not going to know until you're actually using it and spend a good lot of time actually learning those little bits. And for me, how I got my job, similar to yourself, I got a degree that didn't necessarily scream e-learning, but I got the experience in the world of training and I had the skills and the passion for actually being creative and and being able to record videos and, and audio and things like that. And it was a demonstration that got me my job. It wasn't a piece of paper. So yeah, I can definitely concur with what you're saying there. Absolutely, 100%. Those free trials, all of the vendors are super, super lovely and want to help out. Yeah, get in touch with them, get the free trials and yeah, just have a go. Like find out what you love, how easy they are and what fits your style. And yeah, absolutely, spot on. Fantastic. So in general, what does a working week look like for you then? Busy. That's that's <laughs> that's the first one. Which is good. Which is good. It's uh, it's good to be busy. And my wife does think that I am too busy, but I kind of love it. So working <laughs> week is consulting. So with organizations, letting understand what would be the best solutions for them. Actually creating those electronic solutions. So whether it is a short e-learning course, could be a podcast, could be a video. So actually creating those elements, also mentoring. Some weeks that can take up quite a lot of time. Other weeks, it can be just a little bit. Also, my responsibilities with the e-learning network. So at the moment, that's quite busy because I'm sorting out an event in Manchester in July, which I want to be really fantastic. So it's emails, it's phone calls. Further to this, it's a whole lot of commuting. I commute four hours a day quite a long time, but it helps me keep up with my emails. Further to this, I'm also creating business structures so implementing L&D organization frameworks within organizations that don't have them yet so providing them with really robust L&D functions that are really going into it in granular detail so that it tries to just give them such an easy easy flow to how they're creating something that they've never created before further to that I will do phone calls yeah and then I'll sleep and I'll eat so that's yeah that's pretty much the week Blimey, you are very busy, man. Oh, and I create portfolio <laughs> stuff and also take care of my website as well. So yeah, a couple of bits of bobs. Yeah, you are a very efficient man. 
that's one message that I've shared with people already is if you love it, you're going to find the time to do it. And it's about being efficient. One thing I said, uh, at least on the, the introduction to this podcast is what's stopping people from putting in a few hours here and there instead of watching your Emma Dale or your, your Coronation Street, EastEnders, all those soaps or TV programs that in the nicest possible way aren't really giving you that much value. Yes, you might enjoy it, but if you could put all those hours in a week, you think think they run for about six or seven hours a week. If you could put that into learning a skill or enhancing your skill, then sooner or later, you're going to absolutely ramp up what it is that your ability to, to do what it is you love and then take it from there. So yeah, no, fantastic. Thanks for sharing that, John. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're hundred percent spot on there again. There are people who will complain and they'll say, I've got no time to do this. I've got no time to learn a new skill. But then when you break it down, they're watching Game of Thrones marathons or they're spending X amount of hours playing Xbox. And it's just, you know, you've got to want it and you've got to be accountable. If you want to have that good lifestyle, you've got to put in that work. Only you can do that. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad again, we agree on that. So thinking about through everything you've gone through so far, what would you say your biggest challenge has been? I think two are kind of really quite different. So um, first one was childhood. I was not the best student. And I don't mean like I was a disruptive child. I just couldn't concentrate. I always had a very creative mind and I was very quite energetic. And I kept on imagining things whilst teach would discuss about the Bayer tapestry. And I'd think about all the intricacies of it and the history behind it. But that meant that I was held behind at school. And when I was eight, I had the reading age of a four-year-old because I just couldn't fit in with a regular school structure. So I have so much love and thankfulness. My parents put me in a private school so that I could start getting that education, having a bit more focus and time. Thankfully, that helped and, you know, that attention that I required. And, you know, in the end, I've come away with a university degree. So think very, very thankful because that was a big challenge, especially when they're saying that your child isn't school smart, but there is always that hunger and that hustle to really kind of prove people wrong. So I know whether that's kind of given me that little chip on my shoulder that um, I've always wanted to prove people wrong. That was a really big incentive. And I think the other challenge was Japan moving to a country where you didn't know anybody, you couldn't speak the language, you couldn't understand the language. And there was all this chaos going on, dealing with that, living, working, breathing, just having an incredible time and just taking that and learning from that, having that wonderful cultural experience. I think going through those were you know, some of the craziest times, but really thankful brilliant and looking back on those it's just going to have built your character isn't it i mean i had liam a guy who i knew from school in a previous podcast he was saying how his dad died at a young age and instead of letting that destroy him made him grow and get through it and and like you say with yourself knowing that people writing you off a little bit with schooling gives you that kind of drive to say i'm going to show you and being put in that scenario where you don't necessarily know what is being communicated to you just gives you kind of that different view on the world and gives you that ability to push yourself to do new things and and think in a different way so yeah they they were brilliant challenges and like you say you've you've definitely come out those a changed man I guess yeah definitely I think it's I matured from quite an early age and you know when we think about the educational institutes my primary school that I moved from there 
actual words on one of my end of year cards were, he'll be lucky if he gets into his chosen high school. Wow. And, you know, when you're a small child, you don't really know how to take that. Yeah. The kind of irony of everything is I'm so thankful and I'm so humbled to be in the position that I am. And that school's Mm -hmm. closed down. (laughs) And so I think where did their educational practice really go if that was their mindset? I don't wish them any harm. I just wish they were focused on the kids. Yeah. And like you say, what does that do to, to someone so young being told that? And I remember when we had the careers meetings, they were talking about university, but they didn't really pay me much attention because again, I wasn't the best student mainly because I've never been formally diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I've got dyslexia. My reading and writing was, was never anything to write home about. And it was just one of those things that was like, oh, you you can do the military or you can become a greenskeeper and things like that. I just just give the kids a a chance and and encourage them, not not necessarily write them off. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, the irony that that you're being so successful and that school's no longer in existence. Exactly. And it's amazing how many CEOs I know who have got dyslexia. Mm, Yeah. And it's if you are willing to go out there, be you. And just really push yourself. Nobody, absolutely nobody can stop you. Mm. And key message for everyone listening, absolutely. Thinking about everything you've gone through, would you change anything? Would you do anything differently? Um, I think earlier on in my career, I would have asked for a mentor. Mm. I think I was in organizations where if you were asking for help, that was a sign of weakness. Thankfully, that's a mindset we're getting away from now, but we're taking this back. 14 years if you were asking people for help then that meant that you didn't know the answers which meant that you were weak and I think back then if I would have been able to have all these resources that are available now being able to ask for a mentor or just somebody who is a peer just to being able to say I would love to know how do I go in this direction and I think things like this podcast are just such a wonderful gift to everybody in order to say you know what there is help out there. Just go chat to people, mm-hmm. you know, and I really wish I would have done that. But would that have meant that I'd have the life that I have now? I have no idea, but I'm so thankful for the journey. I'm so thankful for now. I'm not half empty. I'm not half full. I'm just so thankful for the drink. That's the best way to be. I've always asked that question thinking, if you're happy with your life, you're probably going to say no. But I do agree the mentor is a, a great recommendation and something that if you're interested in breaking in an industry or or learning something new, or even just how do you do that? Have the question. Mm. Why not? Why not just ask? And the power of social media and the internet makes that all possible, even more possible than previous generations so yeah something we're lucky for and and something certainly that people should try and pursue if they've got an idea about wanting to achieve something yeah definitely so you've mentioned the e-learning network so i assume this is going to be one of the answers for this question but are there any groups or any people worth recommending to follow or to become involved with if people are thinking about perhaps dipping a toe into the world of e-learning? Yes, definitely e-learning network. Not only am I a director, but also I'm a paid member. So I'm there because it brings me value as well. I just think there's such a wonderful bunch of people there doing such good work. I'd also check out TLDcast with Brent Schlenker. He is a really wonderful bloke. I'd say Learning Now TV Nigel Payne, Lisa Minogue-White, Colin Steed, they're doing a really, really, really solid job 
over on there and you can catch a podcast of that as well. Uh, Robin Hoyle is one of the most honest and just funny guys in the industry. So I'd say check him out. <laughs> I think checking out individuals who I really respect in the industry, Avinash from uh, MCI Group, one of the most interesting blokes I've met in so many years, but just comes from such a good place in terms of his heart and kind of where he's talking from. I think people that are really pushing in the industry, uh, Kate Pasterfield over at Sponge UK, really doing well with 360 video and pushing VR. Christopher Pappas, Kathy Moore, there's real kind of stars in the industry. I think just anybody's looking to make it, reach out to people. I'm free and breezy to talk to anybody. My two cents is worth anything, then I'd be happy to help anybody. Thank you for those recommendations. For those people listening, if you're if you're on the treadmill or if you're driving to work or something like that, I will put all these suggestions in the show notes. So no need to pull over or, or stop your fitness program. So uh <laughs> rest assured of that. Yeah, don't stop your workout. For yourself then, have you had or used any wise words that people have given you or, or any quotes? I know you mentioned that the school report give you a bit of inspiration, but have you got any phrases or, or quotes that you use to try and motivate and inspire yourself throughout the years? So you're going to die uh, 5149, which is something that I live by. And that means always give more than you take. So um, I never expect anything from anybody. I just come from a place of servitude. And I think that's one of the best things for me is just making people smile. No matter what I do, if it's the smallest of thing that makes somebody's day, then that's where I come from. I just think there's no point in complaining. I think the only thing I've complained about is the trains when they're not running on time. <laughs> you know, there's no point in complaining because people don't care. Complaining doesn't do anything. That's something that I've gotten out of the habit of I think also just being thankful, just every day thankful. The thing is, I am a white male who is alive, living in England. I'm above average height. I have a wonderful wife. I have an incredible family. And the fact that the probability of just being alive is 400 trillion to one. To have this life that I have, that I've worked, you know, I've worked very hard to make it happen. Nothing's been given to me. I can't even think of what the odds are for that. I just think, try and make each day lovely. Just smile. Yeah, and I'm just thankful. I think that's it. I think if there's one word to sum me up, it's thankful. Perfect. And it's such a great mindset to have. I used to work on a, on a morning shift. So we were in the supermarket very, very early. And all the sad faces, all the, the oh my God, we're here again, negative attitudes. Oh, I couldn't handle it. It doesn't matter what you kind of given. We're here for this finite amount of time. And like you say, the, the chances of us even being a human, let alone the position that we're in, is so remote. And having that smile on your face and not necessarily whinging and complaining all the time, what you put in is what you're going to get out in my mindset. So yeah, no, totally agree with that. Thanks again for those, John. If you were to be able to recommend a book to people, not necessarily about e-learning, but a book that's inspired you that might help motivate some people to give them a few more ideas. And it can be an audio book or a, a regular book that people might listen or read. What would you recommend for people to check out? So Audible is a really, really fantastic thing. And if you haven't used it, then you can get a free book by signing up for them. So that's a really helpful thing. I think key books that really helped me, I would say How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I think also The Alchemist 
by Paolo Coelho. It's just an incredible story and just about talking about that personal journey. Just keep on going and uh, find out what it is that you want and also how you treat people. And also, I think Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Just having that spirit to be accountable to yourself and um, no complaining. Just hustle, hustle hard. Yeah, go get it. Fantastic. I must admit, I listened to Gary's book a, a few years ago and just so many light bulbs going off when <laughs> when you were listening to it. And, and as he says and describes hustle and there's no excuses, it's your fault for whatever choice you make. So whether that's good or bad, you've got to take it on the chin and drive to do better to, to improve things if that's what you want to do. So definitely worth checking those out, guys. As John said, I've, I've got a link to the Audible website, which will give you a month for free. Don't forget to sign off if it's not for you afterwards, otherwise you might get charged, but there's a link in the show notes for those. So if you were to be able to offer our listeners some final pieces of advice for people to try and follow their passions to get a job that they love or they enjoy at least more than perhaps they are at the moment, what would that be, John? I think it would be understanding that you are 100% in control of what you do. And if you are doing something that you don't enjoy, ask yourself, do you want to do this for the rest of your life? And as soon as that no comes in your head, and whenever you are applying for jobs and you think about, oh, should I really go? Remember that no. Because it's so easy to get trapped into a lifestyle that you don't enjoy being in unhealthy relationships. And it's just about really understanding that you can make this happen. And yeah, it takes time. It takes not watching Netflix, but the payout is life. And that's the biggest thing. Absolute inspiration. I'll be thinking about that whenever I have some moments of self-doubt. And But no, I, I live by those kind of words and, and mentality. So um, so thank you very much for sharing that, John. It's been a pleasure having you on. Where can people follow you and, and find your, your fine work if they're interested in perhaps the things that you do? Yeah, sure thing. So if you'd like free resources or you need a helping hand, you can catch that at yourskillshub.com. And if you'd like to connect, then I can be found on LinkedIn most of the time. And it's John Hinchliffe, and that's H-I-N-C-H-L-I-F-F-E, because most people put a C after the H. Fantastic. So that just leaves me to say thank you very much for helping us here on the Get Work Savvy podcast and uh, for inspiring our audience this week. Definitely check John out. He's a very inspiring character. And all the best for the future, John. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. What an interview with John. Thank you so much, John, for appearing on the show. And I hope that you took as much away from that as I did. So here are this week's key takeaways. Firstly, have a go. John talks about using a different range of tools for the job. And I absolutely agree. I think you should try different solutions to see which ones fit you best because you might decide that one tool is better than another. Don't be afraid to ask questions as well. Although you might be new to using something, try and reach out to those people who might be able to offer you some help. Find your North Star. Don't beat yourself up about not knowing what it is that you want to do yet. Because I know for me, it took me ages to even understand that this particular industry existed. So finding that North Star can be really difficult. I think that finding yourself a mentor or somebody to keep you accountable 
is really important to help motivate you and to help guide you into the right path and not let you slip away and drift off from achieving the goals that you set yourself. As well as sharing your goals with a mentor, share them with your friends and family because at the end of the day, they're going to be there to support you through thick and thin over and above anyone else that you reach out to. Don't write yourself off. I think this is a really important one. Even though John started off life behind his peers at school, he worked hard and he proved to those people who gave up on him that they were wrong and that he was going to be a success. So thanks for listening right to the very end of the show. Remember that when you're looking for a career, find something that suits you. And as John said, don't look at money being the only route to happiness. If you're willing to put in the hard work, use John's 5149 principle where you always give just that little bit more than you take and I'm sure it's going to do you no harm whatsoever. Once again, thank you so much to John for your time and your continued support with this project. Stay tuned in a future episode. John actually helps me out and interviews me about what it is that I do. So really appreciate that, John. So grateful for you to help me out with that one. If you like what you heard this week, then why not leave the show a rating or review? Share it with somebody that you think might help or it might give them that bit of motivation or inspiration. And most importantly, if it is that you're thinking about changing or looking for the career that you want to follow, then don't forget to get work savvy. Looking forward to speaking to you again soon and take care.